Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Exodus 32. We'll be reading the first six verses there in, in just a moment. You know, parents, we all sh- may share a lot of the similar scenarios, you know, of what happens uh, with our kids. And uh, you might share in your life a scenario similar to this. You have a great, great day of doing different things, a day of fun. And, you know, the, you, you just did all sorts of different stuff and gave them all sorts of different stuff during the day. But then at night, you know, they're kind of cranky and, and tired. And then they start accusing you, oh, you don't ever do anything for me. You don't ever give me anything. And things like that, you know, take as an example scenario. This is just a made-up scenario. But, you know, you could spend the entire morning and early afternoon at the zoo. You got them a stuffed animal from the zoo. You got them lunch. And then maybe that afternoon you went to a movie and you got popcorn and soda. Then after the movie you went and got a quick bite. Well, then on the way home you need to stop at the store for just a minute, you know, pop in and get something for the next day. And so you all run into uh, the store. And you're at the checkout line, and the kids go, Hey, can we have this candy bar? Can we have that candy bar? Can we have this? Can we have that? And you're like, Well, no. I mean, you've had enough sweets already for the day. You don't need any more uh, than that. What do they do? What's their response to that? How dare you tell them no? Right? And then they have the audacity to say something like, Oh, you never get us anything. You never buy me anything. Wait a minute. You just spent the entire day getting stuff bought for you, and now you're going to say you never get nothing? You won't say it out loud, but you're thinking in your your mind, you little ungrateful brat or whatever, right? It's like, oh, how soon they forgot. Wait, didn't didn't we just go to the zoo and you got a stuffed animal and we went to the movies and yet got popcorn and we did all that? You don't buy me nothing. (laughs) How much are we like that with God? How many times have we done that same thing? God has blessed us tremendously in various ways, but then the second things don't go our way, or we get into some sort of tribulation or something in our hearts. We might not say that out loud, because that might be blasphemous, but we'll think it in our thoughts or whatever. Lord, you never do anything for me. Lord, you never give me anything. Oh, Lord, you always make my life hard. Hmm. Hmm. That's why we have a day like Purple Sunday, to give us a second to pause and say, you know what? God has done a whole lot for me. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, if I just sit back and think about it for a minute, God is good all the time, and all the time, yeah, we forget that though. In the passage we're looking at today, the Israelites quickly forgot everything that God had done for them and their hearts turned away from them and i want us to learn and beware that when we forget god's work in our own lives the easier it is to turn our backs on him if we forget what god has done if we forget how good god is oh all of a sudden we're going to turn our backs on him we want to prevent that so i don't want to lead you today to remember all the good things have done by warning you against the forgetting i want to encourage you in this in your walk with God. I want to read Exodus 32, verses 1 through 6, if you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I read these six verses. 
It says, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please work on our memories today to remember all the good that you are, all the good you've done. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So today what I want to do to uh, warn us against this forgetfulness is to consider Israel's forgetfulness. If we consider Israel's forgetfulness, hopefully we'll be convicted of our own forgetfulness. So first I want to consider what they forgot. I want us to think about what they forgot. Because the Israelites, they forgot God. They forgot what he had done. They kind of just go off the deep end, it seems. And I, so I want to consider exactly what they forgot, and hopefully this will cause us to, you know, think about everything or bring to remembrance things that we have forgotten that God has done for us. So what is it that they forgot? Well, first, they forgot God's past actions. They forgot God's past actions. Now, it's not up on the screen, but Psalm 106 gives kind of a running commentary of this particular episode. And in verses 21 and 22 of Psalm 106, this is what the psalmist said. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. You see, God had done some great things to get them out of Egypt. God did miracles. God put his power on display and completely left their mind. I mean, they saw God bring down 10 plagues on Egypt, on the Egyptians. I mean, it didn't fall on them. They saw God's power on display, completely forgot about that. They saw that when they were trapped between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army, how God kept that army at bay, and he supernaturally created a path for them through the Red Sea, and then once they were all out, he returned the Red Sea and destroyed the Egyptian army in the process. Completely forgot about that. We humans are so thick-headed. Even when God does something grand, even when God does something supernatural, it's almost like it never happened. You know, here's the Israelites. It might be about a year since those things happened. I mean, and I know, I forget a lot of stuff pretty quickly. There's probably stuff I did yesterday I don't remember one bit. But I mean, come on. You saw God work in powerful ways, and after a year, you're just going to completely forget about it? Yeah, because that is us humans. You know, we like to say, oh, you know what? If God did something like that in my life, I'd never forget. Well, you know what? You probably already have forgotten it because that's just the way we are. And the second that something doesn't go our way that we think, or, the, you know, the way we think things ought to go, we completely forget God's past actions. We take on what I call Janet Jackson theology, 
what has God done for me lately? Those, those Gen Xers know what I'm talking about. All the younger folks are like, who's Janet Jackson? She's a singer. Her song was, what have you done for me lately? And that's, what we, that's how we treat God. God, what have you done for me lately? For completely forgetting what he's already done for us in the past. Because what he has done in the past ought to cause us to praise him now in the present and trust him for the future. And so they forgot God's past actions, but another thing that they forgot, secondly, they forgot God's covenant faithfulness. They forgot how faithful God was to this covenant. They forgot that, you know what? They, out of all the people in the world, they are called to be his special people. They are a people of his own possession. Out of all the individuals in the world, God called Abraham and said, through you, the world is going to be blessed through you. I'm going to call my people. And so he took Abraham and made him a nation, and he made a covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham saying, you are going to possess this land. I'm going to bring your people up, your descendants up. They're going to possess the land. I make a covenant agreement with you, which then extended to Isaac, and then Jacob, and then the 12, and then, you know, onward to the descendants. And here they are. God is fulfilling the covenant he made with Abraham all those years ago. And now here they are, they're at Mount Sinai, getting the law. God is making them an official nation, and then he's going to lead them into the promised land. Covenant is being fulfilled right in front of their eyes. And yet they're clueless about the implications of it all. I mean, 500 plus years after the covenant was made with Abraham, here it is being fulfilled. God is remaining faithful to his covenant. He made a promise. He's keeping it. And they're like, oh, uh, they're acting like no promise was made. That God was not there working in their midst. And here we are. 2,000 years after the cross of Christ that they sang about. This cross of Christ that brought forth a new and everlasting covenant. Through that cross, and the one who hung on it, and the one who died, and the one who rose again, God saves people. And God saves people now through that same covenant. He's saving people now as much as he did 2,000 years ago. And here we are, 2,000 years later, receiving the promises, receiving the benefits that have eternal weight and glory. And if things don't go the way we want them to on our short stay on this earth, we completely forget how faithful God has been. I mean, has God, has God saved you? Through that cross? I, I hope so. And guess what? He is faithful to see that through. But then something doesn't go our way, and we start complaining. We forget God is still faithful to his covenant promises. Another thing they forgot, they forgot God's constant provision. So third, they forgot God's constant provision. You know, the, the incident that we just read, it's not the first time that they forgot it's just the most extreme time 
that they forgot. If you read through, you know, Exodus and Leviticus and all that, you know, it, 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 it tells you about this journey that Israel took from Egypt to the Promised Land. And you'll notice that the people are just constantly whining and complaining about everything. I mean, everything, constantly whining and complaining. It's like they think that the God who freed them couldn't provide for them or something, couldn't take care of their needs. And, you know, they, they whine and complain, oh, why did you bring us out of Egypt? In Egypt, we had this and we ha had that. Yeah, you were slaves too. But, you know, they're, they're whining. And, and it, even with a whine, Moses was about to give up on them and, and God, you know, encouraged him. But even with the whiny, complaining people, God showed himself mighty. I mean, he brought water from a rock. He, he provided food for them with the, the manna that came every night. He, he even threw in some quail and stuff every once in a while. He protected them from armies and nations because they weren't ready to fight yet. I mean, God's providing handles with them constantly. He was constantly providing for their needs. And yet they completely forgot everything that God gave them. And we're the same. If we don't get what we want, when we want it, and a whole lot of it, we're going to start whining and complaining. We want what we want, and we want it now, and, and we forget what God has given us in the past of what we need. I mean, not necessarily what we want. That's, look, if your theology says, oh, God will give me anything I want if I just do this right formula, you need a new theology. Because that's not the Bible but if you just be truthful with yourself, I mean, think of everything God has done and provided, how faithful he has been. God will, God will bring to your remembrance the things that he has done if you ask him. Lord, remind me of everything you've done in my life. And boy, he'll tell you. So there's a lot that the Israelites forgot. There's a lot that we forget as well. And, and hopefully... Through this remembrance of what God has done, it, it will encourage you to persevere in your walk with God. But now there's a second major point I want to look at today. The second thing I want to consider is why they forgot. You know, we talk about what they forgot. What, well, why, why, why did they forget? What's really behind the forgetting? What's kind of behind the, the reason why they act like they do? Well, first, there was impatience with God's timing. There was impatience with God's timing. Our passage tells us that they got sick and tired of waiting on Moses. I mean, Moses had gone up on the mountain. He was gone for more like 40 days. They hadn't heard from him. You know, they may have thought he died. But really, what it boils down to is impatience. They were sick and tired of waiting there at the foot of the mountain. They wanted to get on the road. But they didn't want to go on the road alone. And they, they equated Moses' presence with God's presence. And so, well, Moses wasn't around anymore. We need something to represent God's presence, hey, let's build a calf. Let's build a golden calf. You know, God wasn't moving at the pace that, he, that they wanted him to. God was too slow for their liking, and so they took matters into their own hands. Which is, you know, they'd been on the, they'd been on the road, they'd been out of Egypt for about a year. I mean, what's another 40 days? You wouldn't think it'd be that big of a deal, but it, it, it was. And they forget God's leading. They forget God's timing. They forget how God did what he did. 
And, and so they're like, no, we, we want to go now. We're impatient. Lord, now. I want it now. I mean, that's, a, that's another song from the 80s. I want it all and I want it now. That's the way they were. Well, you know what? That's the way we are. I want it all and I want it now. I mean, how much have we forgotten what God has done for us in the past and we just want to move things ahead now? I'm impatient. Lord, I want it now. We try and force things to happen. You know what? If you try and force things to happen in your time frame, it never bodes well. It is never going to go well with you when you try and do that. And so remember God has the timing of everything in his sovereign hand. He did in the past, he will in the present and future as well. What's another reason why they forgot? A second reason why they forgot is they were discontent with God's supply. There was discontentment. You know, what, they, that what God had given them to that point wasn't enough for them. They wanted more. I want more. You know, God revealed himself through his works. He, he was manifested at the top of the mountain they saw this cloud they saw the lightning they heard his voice rumble through the air but that's not enough they wanted more they wanted something more tangible they wanted a physical manifestation of God and God's provision wasn't enough they despised the water they despised the manna they thought that they deserved more and they forgot what God had supplied already and how often we get so wrapped up in what we think that we're missing out on that we forget what God has already given. We get so wrapped up with what we don't have, we forget what it is we do have. Our, that's our society, though. Our society is a society of discontentment, constant discontentment. I mean, that's, that's how the marketers market their products. You know, you already have enough, but guess what? You don't have this, and if you don't have this, you don't have nothing. So you need to buy this. And how much has that philosophy come into our lives, and how often have we bought into that lie? When we do, it causes us to forget God and everything he's already done and given. But there's a third reason why they forgot. And it's just plain old pride with hard hearts. It's just plain old pride with hard hearts. The Israelites thought they could do things better their own way. They became stubborn. They became hard-hearted toward anything that God revealed or said. Later on in, in verse 9 in, in the passage, you know, the Lord's talking to Moses. He said, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. These people are stiff-necked. They're stubborn. They're hard-headed. The Israelites corrupted themselves and turned away from God's commandments almost instantaneously. And it just continued from there. That's what, you know, when finally God would send them uh, in, into Babylonian captivity. This is, how, this is how God described it to the prophet Jeremiah. He, 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 he's like, from day one, when I called them out of Egypt... They've been hard-hearted. Let me just read, it's not on the screen, but let me read from Jeremiah 7, verses 22 through 26. I mean, this is almost a thousand years later. He's, God said, In the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices, but this command I gave them, 
Obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the ways that I command you that it may be well with you. But they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsels and the stubbornness of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. From the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt to this day, I have persistently sent all my servants, the prophets, to them day after day, yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear, but they stiffened their necks. They did worse than their fathers. God's like from day one, brought them out of Egypt and they were stubborn mules. And we think we're any better than that. We think we can run our lives better than God, even after years of seeing what God has done. Yeah, no, God, I got this. Yeah, I know your word says, but I want to do things my way. That's the Frank Sinatra theology. Guess what? That don't work either. Doing things my way. We willfully forget him and his works. We harden our hearts toward him so we can do things our own way. You know, it's easy for us all these thousands of years later and looking at them and, oh, they, look at what they did. We'd never do that. <laughs> thousands of years later, we're doing the same exact things. We've talked about, you know, what they forgot and we've talked about why they forgot very quickly, closing this out. Let's talk about the result of forgetting. The result of forgetting because because they forgot God, they, they forgot his works and ways. So what happened? So what did they do in response? Well, first, they fell into idolatry. They fell into idolatry. When you forget what God has done, you're going to fall into idolatry and worship something that is not God. So they, right, they, they, they forget God, they decide to replace him with something of their own making. They collected the gold, they handcrafted this calf, and, and you know, the calf was used by a lot, a lot of pagan religions, so that, that animal wasn't necessarily you know, weird in that day and age, but that's what the pagans did. But maybe they thought, well, all the other nations are doing it, we're gonna do it too. And it's weird, when you read this, they don't think that they're worshiping another god because they had crafted this calf to represent Yahweh. But the only problem was God had just given them the Ten Commandments. There's a certain commandment, number two, that says don't try and make a representation of God. And what were they doing? They were forming and shaping and molding a representation of God. Because God, God is nothing like creation, and so there's nothing that can do him justice representing him. There's nothing on this earth that can do God justice to represent him. So that's why God said, don't do it. But what do they do? Oh, okay. let's, let's, let's make a calf. And you know, you, you read later on, and Moses is, try, is throttling Aaron. What did you let them do? What did you make them do? How in the world could this happen on your watch? I left you in charge, Aaron. What's wrong with you? Well, Moses, it's the weirdest thing. We gathered all this gold, threw it in the fire, and out popped this calf. What? When you forget God, you start molding a God 
into what you want him to be so you think you can get what you want. And really, that's what they were doing. But we do the same thing as well. When we forget God and we forget we're the ones made in his image, it's not the other way around. But we sure try. I want a God made in my image so he'll do what I want him to do. We try to make a God just like us. And when we do that, our worship is led astray. You are no longer worshiping in spirit and truth. You're worshiping a a God of your own making when you forget what God has done for you. A second result, they fell into worldliness. At the end of verse 6, it says that they rose up to play. Now, the, the word there, it might have some immoral undertones, but at the very least, since they forgot God and forgot what God had done, they decided to live any old way they wanted to. They're just going to do their thing. They cast off restraint and they began to live for the world. You know, when you forget God and what God has done, you, you just kind of cast off his moral standards. I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to do my thing. The Word of God says, well, you know, I really don't care what the Word of God says. I want to do my thing. You forget who God is. You forget his authority. You forget his sovereignty. You forget his holiness. I want to just live the way I want to live. Well, then you're not living for God. You're living for self. And that's what you fall into when you forget what God has done in your life. And then the third result, they fell into judgment. You know, God, when they did it, God wanted to wipe them out. Moses interceded on their behalf. God spared them. But later on, Moses would say, okay, whoever's for the Lord, come with me. And and, and they, they put some judgment on the folks. When you forget God and you start to live like you've forgotten God, I mean, there's only one, one thing that ha- could happen. I mean, you are going to reap what you have sown. You're going to reap the consequences of your choices. You say you want to live like you have forgotten God? Well, you're going to get the consequences for living like you have forgotten God. That's biblical. You reap what you sow. You sow idolatry. You sow worldliness. You're going to reap the whirlwind. You're going to reap the whirlwind. But we don't want to forget. That's why we have days like Purple Sunday. We don't want you to forget God. We don't want you to forget all that he has done. We don't want you to forget, forget all that he is. We don't want to go down this same road as the Israelites did. We want to remember that God is good all the time and all the time. Say it like you mean it. God is good all the time and all the time. I hope you believe that. So find something every day to remember that God has done for you. Find at least one thing every day to remember how God has worked in you and through you and around you and you praise him for it and you worship him for it and you thank him for it and so today (coughs) during the invitation Christian come to the altar and worship him for the goodness that you have in your life come to the altar and commit Lord I am not going to forget again 
about maybe during this whole service you forgot and and now god has brought some things to remembrance that he's done in your life and you, maybe you just want to come to the altar and praise him lord thank you for all of this that you have done come and repent for your of your forgetfulness but maybe there's some here who haven't seen god work in their life necessarily because they haven't come to jesus christ The greatest gift God has given you is salvation through Jesus Christ, through that one cross that they sang about. And if you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ, you're missing out. You're missing out on heaven. You're missing out on a relationship with God while you're here on this earth. And I'm going to be at the front. You come up front and say, Al, I want to know Jesus. I want to trust in Jesus. I want to believe in Jesus. And I'll introduce you to my Savior. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at kidsquest underscore HBC. Our student ministry is on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening, and God bless.